Call the neighbors and fetch the kids. It's time for Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. From connected cars to electric planes, Ken and Sasha have the information to keep you well-informed. So get ready, get set, and go. Here's Ken and Sasha. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Welcome to Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. Sasha J. Little and, of course, Ken Chester coming at you for this whole hour. This week, we wanted to have a little bit more fun with mobility by taking a look at the TV shows and movies from our past that have influenced the automotive and mobility minds of today and our soon-to-be future. As most engineers will tell you, they are huge sci-fi fans, and they have read the sci-fi greats like H.G. Wells, Heinlein, Bradbury, and Asimov. (laughs) That's right, Sasha. Uh, So we're going to take you back in our time machine and revisit those fun TV shows and movies of our automotive past, complete with a few of the theme songs that you might recognize. But first, to join in on our fun, call or text the Roadworthy Driveline. That number is 872-222-9793. If email is your thing, reach out to us. That's ken at roadworthydrive.net. Now, Before we get to those odds and ends from the parts bin, please say hi to that personality that is bright as a 200-watt light bulb, the lady in the studio, the lioness of her den, Miss Sasha J. Little. Hey. You know, you really don't have to, you know, uh, introduce me now. Why? Because I think that they all know. You know, in case they don't, we have new (laughs) listeners, and I want them to understand uh, that I have a very vivacious uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. agreeable and popular uh, right. co-host. I mean, does it necessarily have to be agreeable? Uh, I would like it to be. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. And by the way, folks, you should have seen his face when I, I put in that Flintstone to kind of greet us in the opener. Lit up like a Christmas tree Don't over here. Don't judge me. I'm... <laughs> Hanna-Barbera, 1962. I, it's a... It's amazing. And it's And still, at the same time, at the same time, they brought us Stone Age and the Jetsons. And we will talk about the Jetsons a little later in the show. Because oh. you can't, because people still equate the future yeah. with the Jetsons. With, yeah. I mean, I've read many articles down through the years. Yeah. People still looking for their folding, flying, autonomous, because it was autonomous, by the way. Yes, it was. George didn't drive. He did not drive. Car. When, when she yanked that wallet out of his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Left him with maybe taxi fare? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Uber. I don't know. Right. Speaking of the future. Yes. Sasha, what do you got? Um, diesel trucks would be nearly eliminated in California under a proposed law. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's a bill uh, that would direct the California Air Resources Board to require a 40% reduction in diesel emissions by 2030. In 11 years, mm. and 80% by 2050, 20 years after that. Now, we've talked about electric semis and... Um, and autonomous semis. And autonomous semis. Mm-hmm. So do you think 2030 is giving companies enough time to invest in the future? Yes, I do. Okay. I mean, look at it this way. The biggest cost the truckers have to deal with, other than the driver, is diesel fuel. Yeah. Any way that they can eliminate, lower, or mitigate the cost of that fuel huh. is an advantage. 
The big thing, we've also reported on hydrogen-powered trucks. The Toyota has developed an engine that's hydrogen-powered in the port of Long Beach in California. That's true. So it's not a new thing. You've got Tesla, Nikola, and those are two. You've got autonomous companies uh, that are out there that we've reported on, big rig trucking companies. They're all attempting to, one, get the cost down, to get more, uh, not just fuel efficient, but get more correct in the ways of emissions, that lower emissions. Yeah. So if you can come up with uh, a vehicle that will haul, that you don't have to get weighted down by the batteries, which is the big problem because Mm -hmm. of how heavy the batteries gotta be, Mm -hmm. and still can haul the same or more, the truckers are gonna be all in it. Yeah, but my thing is, is that the cost, I mean, while it does, it is available, I know Volvo with their electric, we talked about how they've got how they've got a special plan for uh, companies so it's not like a huge upfront. Right. But obviously Warner's, uh, UPS, that kind of thing. I'm not necessarily Walmart. Yeah. yeah. I'm not necessarily worried about them, but I am worried about more mom and pop semi or owner operator. Is that kind of financing going to be well, available let's for look at them? It, let's look at it this way. You're an owner operator. Yeah. So diesel fuel is your bugaboo. That is your cost when you're getting what? You're paying three fifty for a vehicle that maybe gets five or six miles to the gallon. You're driving tens of thousands of miles a month, hundreds of thousands of miles a year. But the you're gonna but hold on. You're gonna go through a million miles in that truck. Yeah. You're gonna overhaul it probably at a half a million miles. Uh-huh. At some point you're gonna replace that truck. Yeah. If you can make the case that replacing it with a fully electric truck will reduce their cost of operation, then the issue is not so much whether or not there's a bigger outlay up front, but will the bigger outlay up front be recaptured over time and lower operating costs? Well, that's not up for discussion. We know that that to be true. What I am saying is, uh, because semi-truck drivers be in the same position that you and I are in when it comes to replacing that old car mm-hmm. um is the financing going to be available for mom and pops or is this going to be one of those things where it's going to knock out the mom and pop truck you operator do realize that a new big rig is between 120 to 150 thousand dollars if they're running those how much do you think it's going to add i doubt and i don't know because i haven't seen pricing well we have wait a minute i take that back we have seen pricing. yes we have uh Tesla was coming in at 150 for their standard and right. 200 for their extended range. So, assuming that Tesla can deliver at those numbers, mm-hmm. you're not that much out of whack for what they would pay to replace a brand new diesel. But again, mom and pops that have got like a 20 year old, they might go for used. I mean, you and I aren't going to go out and buy a brand new car. Yeah, but good luck trying to find a used big rig worth buying. You're not going to buy one with hundreds of thousands of miles on it. Not if not if they're doing over the road. If they're doing local, perhaps. If they're over the road, not so much. But here's something else to consider. Okay. Heavy and medium-duty buses and trucks make up 7% of the vehicles in California's road, uh-huh. but contribute 20% of the heat-trapping carbon emissions that go into the atmosphere. Ouch. And that's according to the Union of Concerned Scientists, a nonprofit science, science advocacy <laughs> organization. Right. Yeah. They also produce 33% of the state's nitrogen oxides. Yeah. And that's a major ingredient yeah. in particulate matter or smog. 
what they're looking at is that when you live closer yeah. to like freeways and things, they're reporting higher rates of asthma, lung, heart disease, and other respiratory problems, particularly in low income, more compact, closer to common artery, highways, and interstates because of all that pollution. No, I, I to- I'm totally for it. I mean, as you well know, I, I think that most of our regular listeners understand I am all for the electric engine. Mm-hmm. I, I am all for getting rid of the combustion engine. Mm-hmm. However, I do have concern with a bill like this coming up so swiftly. I'm hoping that banks will uh, and funding will be readily available. But I think you're making a bigger thing of it because if they show the operating expenses are lower, then it's less of an issue because it's not it's a little bit more out of pocket but over time they're going to save money here's something else to consider okay um a repair shop in california talked about compared with gasoline engines diesel engines are much more powerful last longer we talked about eight hundred thousand miles yep yeah but a and a gas engine about two hundred thousand miles and i don't know any big rigs that are still gasoline yeah. Uh, Medium-duty trucks and short-haul trucks, yeah, yeah but yeah. the long hauls are pretty much all diesel. That's what I was However, thinking. However, the diesels also get 30% better fuel economy than yeah. gasoline engines. They do. Uh, the issue is, it get, honestly, it gets down to cost. Yeah. What, at the end of the day, is the money that the additional money that I lay out up front going to be offset by my operating cost, meaning lower fuel costs, lower maintenance costs, because remember, fewer moving parts in an electric vehicle as opposed to a diesel or a gas-powered vehicle, all those parts, all those fluids, all those adjustments, all that maintenance. Uh, electric motor, 20 do think, parts. Do you think there's going to be an issue with uh, time-proven gasoline or diesel engine versus not time-proven electric Semi? I think that the larger companies are going to put them in fleets just like the railroads did when the diesel engines came out uh, back 70, 80 years ago. Okay. They tested them extensively, and they still do it that way. Airlines do it that way. A new jet, uh, a new railroad locomotive gets put into service, and it gets tested. Okay. So we'll see what happens with that. That's all I'm saying. So food for thought. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it, and I think you might like this. Yeah. The impact next, the impact of our media on our connected, fully electric, autonomous mobile future. Stay right there. Facts, real opinions, real talk. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive. Everybody knows in a second life we all come back sooner or later. As anything from a pussy cat to a man eating alligator. Well, you all may think my story is more fiction than it's fact. But believe it or not, my mother dear decided she'd come back as a car. She's my very own guiding star. A 1928 quarter. That's my mother dear.
Jeep's a demon on wheels. He's a demon and he's gonna be chasing after someone. If you're just tuning in, in spite of what you think you've heard, this is Roadworthy Drive. We're Ken and Sasha in studio, and we're having a little fun this week with a look back at the TV shows and movies that may be influencing our mobility future. That's right, Ken. The children of yesterday are the creators of today. And having growing up watching the Flintstones and the Jetsons, and don't forget about Speed Racer. Uh-huh. And Racer X. Oh, right? Racer yes. X. Racer X. Mm-hmm. Um, as teens, we watched Kit in Knight Rider, Back to the Future, and who could forget Christine? My favorite Plymouth. Stop it. Just Really? Saying. Yeah. You know, and I have to throw this in. My daughter's middle name is Christine. I got nothing. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. You know, and it's it's something that actually came to me, like Inspector Gadget. Oh, but of course. The the Batmobile. Yeah. I mean, uh, cool McCool, which right? is kind of, oh for those of y'all gosh. that are into your cartoons from the 60s, yes. Australian made, and a character, he was a private eye. No, he was a private investigator. Yep. Private eye. Yep. And he talked like Jack Benny. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. But we could see how, we saw how the future could be. Mm-hmm. And some went on to develop a career into how it should be. And going back to like radio dramas like X minus one, because I am a huge fan. I actually support a podcaster who literally all they do is called old time radio. Old time radio. All they do is do the old radio radio show dramas. Mm-hmm. And I love like X minus one dimension mm-hmm. X um, Twilight Zone. I didn't really like the radio series, but, you know, whatever. Mm. But shows like Star Trek made young minds go absolutely wild with what they could make their childhood come to actuality for the next generation. Mm -hmm. So here we are in 2019. And what do we have now that was only in theory or entertainment back then? I'm still waiting for my uh, transporter. My transporter beam. Yeah, right. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm telling you. I mean, I'm waiting for the phaser gun, which ironically enough, if you follow physicists and theoretical Mm -hmm. physicists, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to butcher his name, but Dr. Mihiko Kaku. I'm not even going to mess with it. Anyway, he, I've read all four of his books. And in the one, he actually talks about how they're working on a phaser proton beam as a weapon, like weaponized, like from Star Trek. Okay, so so here's the question. uh Uh-huh. I want to know <laughs> about time travel. The ultimate You can never thing have it. Mo- Wait a minute. It's the ultimate no. mobility no. desire. It's on the top of my wish list. You can never Why have not? time travel. Because humanity can barely contain the responsibility to operate a car. Can you imagine what some drunken frat boys will do if they get their hands on a time traveler? Well, assume, assuming that they could get... To the time machine? If they're rich enough, yes. Uh, because you know it's I gonna, want a time machine. No, you're not going to have it. Oh. Because millions of people will be eradicated. Timelines. There actually is a thing called the time-space continuum. You need to leave it alone. Okay, you're going back to the future on me? <laughs> really? We don't wait, a minute. If Mike, wait a minute. If Michael J. Fox <laughs> can take a DeLorean... <laughs> Which get, was, by the by the way, the DeLorean was the best vehicle ever. 1981. <laughs> 88 miles an hour, I'll have you know, and 1.21 <laughs> gigawatts. That's all you need. Jigga. Jigga. Like a jigga, jigga, jigga. Yeah. A jigga, it, jigga, jigga. Uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> I did. No. No. In any case, a you can jigga-wat. see how movies have inspired the imagination of many with respect to what could be. 
Yeah. Uh, in terms of medicine, in terms of communication, yeah. in terms of how we even get to point A to point B. I it, mean, and Dick Tracy was another big one mm-hmm. um, because he had a car that wasn't remote controlled. I don't know, but comic. he had that watch. He did have that watch. Who knew <laughs> that <laughs> Apple would copy the man? <laughs> Dick Tracy, his watch would do almost anything. Riding around in a PT Cruiser or an HHR, you know, phone, with, with the watch. Dope. Yeah. Where he Did was it. Could, yeah. could do anything, though. Yeah, could do anything. But, I mean, it is one of those things where, you know, when we were making up for this show, it was amazing to me um, that basically the things fell into two different categories, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So you had the paranormal. My what, mother, the car. Right, my mother, the car. Uh, what, you, what you got? <laughs> Night Rider. Night Rider. Well. Night Rider was more um, scientific. Mechanical. Yeah, could mechanical. Could have been. Um, so, for me... I thought the mechanical aspect of it was a lot more interesting. I mean, do you remember well, like Speed Robo- Racer? Well, duh. RoboCop. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ew. 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 You realize Million that Jimmy? Man. Pa- Wait a minute. Uh, yeah. What do you got against Lee Majors? I- <laughs> we can rebuild him. Really. But the RoboCop was was really one tech too far. It was. I mean, yeah. even the car he was driving. Yeah. Uh, when Chevy redesigned the Impala, the full when they were still full size, yeah, 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 those cars were basically der- derided as RoboCop cars. Wow. Yeah. He, well, I that's mean, like, it looked like a jelly bean. It I don't know if you ever a little watched, too rounded. If you watch the movie, uh, what was it, Judge Dredd and Demolition Man oh, came yeah. out oh, about yeah. the same time, uh-huh. and when it came out, it was of course decades ahead of the design, uh-huh. but then later. Cadillac, which was the car in that movie, uh-huh. came out with, I think it was the CT, CTS. Six. Well, CTS. And then there was another one that it looked exactly like the car but, that was but, in that. But wait a minute. What about the fifth element? Oh, the fifth element. I yeah. mean, not only are you going horizontal, but you're going in different planes yeah. up and down and, yeah. and levels and things. And your ticket, if I remember right, like when you got into an accident, it was like an automated thing that like totally you had automated. credits. Yeah. So the question is, we talk about an automated future, but we've really never talked about planes because usually we're talking about uh, a, a horizontal plane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whether it's underground with the boring company, above ground and autonomous or, you know, in the sky with uh, Uber Air. Right. But we've never talked about like in the fifth element. Where you were literally going instead of horizontal, you were actually traveling vertically uh, from point A to point B as well. Well, can I mean, you imagine the ult? That would be the ultimate gridlock. <laughs> Stop! Like you've got to go levels on. of. Hor- it, I mean, well, like remember in the Jetsons where you know let's get above the smog, and so the the house would actually mm-hmm. go up higher mm-hmm. to get above that level. Right. So you'd have all that pollution. So, so and, it boils down to this, Sasha. Yeah. Mechanical or paranormal? Where do you fall? Mechanical. Ugh. Mechanical. My mother, the car forever. Oh, I just. I I got to. I never could get in. I, I love the science. As a kid, I loved the science. Mm-hmm. I loved actually when they would figure it out and they would put all like you know when the computers were the entire room right, or right. the left wing uh, of yeah. a building. Finally, Hal. <gasps> Hal. Yes. Hal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. 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 Nothing. I mean, it didn't work out well for 2001, and it, it didn't really work didn't. out for, well for aliens either. It didn't. Well, folks, when we return, a look at some of the TV shows. Did they predict the future or merely shape it? We discuss. Knight Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist.
Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're listening to a special episode of Roadworthy Drive. It's still Ken and Sasha at the microphone and in control of the program, but we thought we'd have some fun this week and take a look at the TV shows and movies that have an impact on those who are designing and engineering our way forward when it comes to mobility. That's right. Personally, I prefer the aspect of where they took programming and science and created the technology or the car that <sighs> developed a pre-designed connection to the driver as opposed to... Oh, look, it got possessed. Hey, my mother in the car, don't judge me. How I... original what? is that? The science is always far more interesting and enveloping to imagine, and it offers actually like, I don't want to say a blueprint, but I do want to say it offers a connection. How about inspiration? All right, I could go with inspiration. Mm -hmm. It offers an inspiration for the possibility of creating it in real life. Okay. Um, though sometimes the programming... Didn't work out so well. Uh-huh. Like uh, Hal in 2001. <laughs> I know. Uh, I Robot here about 10 years ago. Uh, aliens where yeah. with Mother. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Not so much. It did not work out so much. No. You know, another one that I just have to bring up, huh. not quite human. And I don't quite get it, but that's it, okay. It was from the Disney Channel. I'm not. I got nothing no, for you. Nothing. No. no. And and I'm going to let you expound on that in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. But first, for those listeners who are new to the show, be sure to check out our website, roadworthydrive.com, so that you can stay plugged in, literally, to all the cool <laughs> stuff that's going on with the show. Absolutely. And it's also where you can find us on social media, and you can also find us on like Facebook mm -hmm. and Twitter. We'd be a Twitterin. Yeah, but you need to like us on Facebook though. Yeah, you we're likable. <laughs> We are. We are likable. We are. Uh, something tells me that this is going to be a very popular podcast version of Roadworthy Drive. Uh huh. Well, you're going to um, want to check it out. Be right. sure to download it. And it's going to be on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Blueberry. Mm -hmm. And uh, or you can find it on our website. Absolutely. And while we're talking about the website, Sasha, uh huh. I uh, want to encourage people to check out our sponsors on our sponsorship page. Uh, we've got businesses that sponsor Roadworthy Drive. They are the main reason why we are able to bring this to you each and every week. Please be sure to visit the website and check out our sponsors. In many cases, those sponsors do click through to their websites and let them know that you're listening to Roadworthy Drive and that you appreciate uh, their sponsorship, which allows us to do what we do right. for your enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Now, you brought up an interesting fact in the... Um in the segue before we started up this segment, mm -hmm. uh, you were talking about how the commercialization, and we laugh about it now, like when you're watching like movies from the 80s and the Product 70s, placement. How, where they, you know everybody was drinking the Pepsi with the Pepsi logo, like facing Always out, out. Yeah. <laughs> right? Pepsi, you know? But you brought up an interesting point that some of the cars, like in the Beverly Hillbillies and stuff, were just props. Well, let's let's go back a minute. Most of the shows you saw in the 60s and early 70s mm -hmm. where vehicles were part of either part of the plot uh, or directly part of the show, whether yeah. they were a prop or not. Yeah. And I'm thinking now of Dukes of Hazard. Oh, right. Did you notice all those vehicles were made by one manufacturer? Mm-hmm. 
Beverly Hillbillies, the car that Miss Drysdale drove uh-huh. and her boss drove. Yep. And even, believe it or not, and this is probably a little known fact and maybe a little too geeky for some people. <laughs> okay, first of all, do you know the name of the car and its significance that they that Jethro and family drove in from when they discovered oil? Uh, that 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 beat up car they drove? No. It's a Maxwell. Why does that matter? Uh-huh. Maxwell is a forerunner company at the Chrysler Corporation. Yes. See? Yeah. But, I mean, it's one of those things where in the, the different cars, and uh, to me, f- speaking of mobility and future and mm-hmm. safety, okay, mm-hmm. there's a scene in Demolition Man, mm-hmm. I believe, yeah, Demolition Man, where the car careens off the road. And feels full of foam. And feels full of foam. Uh-huh. I remember now, that shot. I'm watching that shot, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here like, he just got that all in his nose and mouth, and now he suffocated, and he's now choking on mm-hmm. whatever, foam. styrofoam. But evidently, he had the sense to close everything, and then would, somehow it didn't solidify. I would argue, I would argue that whatever that foam is yeah. had enough, um, it was porous enough yeah. to where it didn't, su- it suffocated whatever, and it wasn't designed to suffocate, it was designed to cushion, so yeah. there had to be a lot of air in it. Yeah. And and I remember that, but I'm also thinking, how do you clean all that mess out now? Is this car disposable now? Well, I mean, and it was one of those things where I don't think that we'll ever see it, but it was one of those things where it came out as a liquid, remember? Mm-hmm. And then he punched through it right? because it turned into what we would equate now as like styrofoam. Another fun fact for you. Uh-huh. Um, in order, vehicles, full-size cars in the late 1990s and early 2000s, oh, no. between the body panels, uh-huh. they actually uh, filled with styrofoam and liquid to uh, deaden the noise. And in fact, Toyota was using, and Buick, uh, a sort of an asphalt mat uh, in order to quiet road noise. Huh. So maybe not as far-fetched as you think. No. No, not when you think about it. No. But let me get back to something. Okay. It was interesting to note that most of these vehicles, if you get to the credits at the end, those of you that have like MeTV or Antenna TV or some sort of station where you can see the old the old sitcoms oh, yeah. in the 60s, oh, yeah. check the credits. And you will usually see cars provided by the Ford Motor Company, yep. cars provided by the Chrysler Corporation. Why do you think they were doing that? They weren't doing it just to do it. Because somebody showed up at their offense, but like, hey, we could really use a vehicle for our prop for a car. No, they no. were doing it to sell cars. Yeah. I mean, the the full-size Fords from the Andy Griffith show that they use as police cars. Well, shoot, even Dukes of Hazard, the police cars there yeah. were all Dodges. Yeah. All of them. All of them. Including, Mopar. yes, Mopar, Mopar. No car girl. Right. Just saying. But by the same token, um, the Dukes of Hazard. The general, mm-hmm. legendary, and I want to say, y'all can correct me on this, 69 or 70 Dodge Charger. Yeah. Which people would kill to get their hands on, even not done up in general garb. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And you mentioned Christine earlier. I did. The Plymouth. 1958 Plymouth, thank you very much. Uh-huh. And they, I won't even tell you, in the making of that film... How many 58 Plymouths they, I, no, and 59 no, they that, destroyed? That is, and see, I, I think that the people uh, deserve to know that when we were talking about putting the show together, mm-hmm. you wanted to bring up certain unmentionable movies <laughs> uh, for, for to, to, to discuss. Right. And I get a little irate mm-hmm. with people destroying pieces of automotive history although for enjoyment. I, although I will tell you Stop it. that uh, 
Now, my mother, the car, the uh-huh. actual twenty-eight Porter prop, uh-huh. still exists. Oh, that Christine, the show car, yeah, still exists. Yeah, and in fact, the fellow who owns it turned down was it a million or five million dollars? He turned down. I would say five million. Yeah, at and this he's point. got in that in the glove box. Uh-huh. It's signed. Now, by see, the actors. My thing is, is how the DeLorean, which everyone would have forgotten, like it would have been one of these lost relics of what were we thinking, but. Back to the Future made the DeLorean actually valuable. You do, you do realize there's a new DeLorean company. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. Uh, folks, when we come back, TV shows from our past. Stay up. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. Joining us, this is the fourth and final segment of this special hour of Roadworthy Drive. I am Sasha J. Little in studio along with Ken Chester, and we are so glad that you could join in with the fun for this hour. That's right, Sasha. But before we get back to it, a programming note. We'll be continuing our look at the influence of the media with regards to current TV shows and movies during our second hour. That's right, Virginia. (laughs) There's an hour, too. Of Roadworthy Drive. From movies like Tron and Transformers, which I will ingress that Transformers started out as Speak a to the comic. Hand. Speak to the hand. And was an 80s cartoon Speak before the they hand, decided woman. to ruin it with the current movies. Right. Anyway, to TV shows like Disney's Fast Lane, mm-hmm. I promise not to leave a single stone unturned. And that's our number two of Roadworthy Drive. If you're radio station doesn't carry the second hour no worries you can listen to it on our website that's roadworthydrive.com be sure to click on the listen link at the top of the page that's right now during this hour we have taken a look at the past and considered how it may or may not have impacted on what we set to accomplish in the future Uh, Shows like Star Trek and The Jetsons brought us to a world where very few things weren't possible with computers and technology. It showed us saucer flying cars that folded into tiny boxes, galaxy to galaxy space travel, and of course, technology poised in a way that took complete care of our day-to-day needs. Now, I have to wonder, what else did it inspire those kids who are now engineers to do? You know, I was thinking of a couple of Disney movies. Uh-huh. Uh, one that actually makes me sad, which is WALL-E. You talked about... Oh, uh, WALL-E. Yeah, well, you talked about uh, literally cradle of grave care. Yeah. And the thing that sticks out about that trip, oh. they left the Earth because it was so polluted. Yeah. It was supposed to be gone five years. Yeah. And then the captain comes across, we're in our seventh hundredth year for a five-year cruise. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, uh, that could that, be technology run amok. That was one movie that, I mean, seriously, Pixar went, I mean, that just went right for the heartstrings. The yeah. Yes, it did. And I, I mean, I loved it because it had Hello, Dolly in it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, Wally was very cute. Um, but there was another movie that Disney did way, way back. Um, uh, for the record, yeah. and I'm going to go on the record before you go there. Uh-huh. No Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. No. But Chitty no, Chitty Bang no, Bang no, was a no, star, no, though. No. No. <laughs> See, I know you wanted to go there. <laughs> no, there was actually another one okay. that um, they did. I want to say they did two or three. And they were called oh, Not ca- Quite Human, Not Quite Human 2, and Still Not Quite... Or, no, Not Quite Human, Still Not Quite Human... And not quite human yet. And it was like this professor and his cyborg son, Chip. Oh, boy. Who developed his own personality. And nobody else knew that he was actually like an android. Mm. And it, like I said, it was three different movies. Okay, um, I got something for you on the Disney tip. Uh-huh. One word. Herbie. Uh, yes. Herbie. Yes. That's where you're going with yes. it, is Herbie. Herbie the love Herbie bug. Herbie was a possession, not a technology, uh, though. Okay, paranormal. I Usually, it, you're the paranormal one. No, I am strictly about the mechanical. Show me the technology that inspired this creation. Okay, well, let's, let's deal this. with the elephant in the room. Transformers, then. Oh, gosh. I love Transformers. Then. Uh-huh. But, I mean, okay. That one is my exception because that i mean there are alien beings that came down and they happened to transform into a chevy camaro <laughs> really of all the cars you could pick no either chevy camaro mm. or some big rig optimus trucks. prime optimus big prime tr- big, big rig, rig trucks, trucks. yeah and it was always so funny to me because i you know of course you're rooting for the good guy and the well, decepticons yeah. got to like transform into all these really cool things and meanwhile, the Transformers got to, you know, transform so into one. is our future boiling down to where mobility may actually be detrimental? I mean, because Transformers, they came through to tear stuff up. All, I mean, uh, granted, fiction, I'll go you that. Right. But still, I mean, the ability to change, isn't that what we're really talking about in okay. mobility? All right. Are you talking about, like, cars taking care of us, like Kit? Or are you talking about like maximum overdrive? By- oh, wow. you went all the way back then, <laughs> really? Where no, you know, that, now see you like just said. Hold on, over. hold on, hold on. You said no paranormal stuff. Right. You just went paranormal on me. Well, that's you brought up Transformers, which would technically be paranormal because they weren't like invented Transformers. But where did they get the ability then? To transform they were into machines. They were aliens. Uh, That's literally like they were aliens. Okay. From so, another planet. So where do we go from here? This is what our kids, um, maybe even in some cases our grandkids, are being exposed to in movies and TV shows today relative to transportation. I mean, what does a kid take away from um, suddenly an alien that turns into a Chevy Camaro? And, what do you, and wait a minute, and what do you do when you see that very same Camaro parked on the street? I mean, you, you're you lucky that it's not a Decepticon? I don't, I don't know where you're going. I mean, well, it's, it's one of those things where I think right now with what our kids, but you have to understand something, our children right now are comfortable with the level of technology and computer interaction that makes me cringe. I mean, they're warning about... Well, well, uh, put a pin in that because second hour... I think we'll get into that deeper is saying 
Because the bigger question, with all the technology that our kids are exposed to, their cell phones, their tablets, Facebook, AI. all these apps, I AI, mean, machine learning, all this stuff that either they're being exposed to in school or exposed to at home, yeah, just in, in interacting with, with their friends and things. The kids even go out and play anymore? Is that well, even okay? A but that is a very good point because when we were kids, we would, you know, the TV time or the books that we would read right. would inspire us and we would, you know, we would get our minds working. And those that went on to become engineers and so on and so forth, it got their mind working. Kids today, are they necessarily, are they taking that for granted? So when they see movies like iRobot and when they see movies like, uh, oh, here's a movie for you, mm. Artificial Intelligence. Oh, no. Don't AI, ever. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that was uh, But a if you're Richard. going there, Minority Report. Right. That an, Again, another uh, gut my, Yeah, but wait a minute. In Minority Report, yeah. the autonomous vehicle they're having a conversation in yep. is powered by OnStar. Yeah. A very real technology when that movie was made yep. that they could literally uh, go between autonomous and manual control yeah. by speaking it to the vehicle. Yeah. And ironically, it was a GMC pickup truck. And I think that was the same ability in uh, Judge Dredd, too, is Could, that she she actually spoke like she was able to go from autonomous to uh, to actual driving. Oh, my. And they listen to our car, our commercials. But uh, yes. Yeah. As tunes. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Well, that wraps up the fun for this hour of Roadworthy Drive. See you next time. Bye bye. Bye, folks. Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions Incorporated.